I don't believe we could have asked for a more beautiful day today to have an outdoor service. And it is so good to be with you at the house of the Lord. And I was certainly delighted as we watched the weather this week to see what kind of uh, weather we were going to have today. So very thankful that God has shined on us and what a beautiful day it is. Amen. Look at somebody close to you and tell them, I'm sure glad you came to church today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say today how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for your prayers and your, your thoughts and all of the kindness for every phone call and text and email and everything that has been sent during this season. We are so grateful for you. I'm thankful for the church of the living God and the body of Christ, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm also very thankful today that we have the opportunity in this great land that we live in to worship the Lord freely. It's a blessing to live in a nation where we can stand outside and give God praise and glory. I thank the Lord for that. Amen. I thank the Lord for that. Praise God. Well, I just want to talk to you today for a few minutes and, uh, I'm not going to just read and draw a text. I'm actually just going to kind of preach through a text today. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can be seated or what, whatever you're doing. Some of you are propped up on cars. Some of you look good. I'm waiting on you to just roll your sleeves, sleeves up and put a toothpick in your mouth propped up against your car, drinking a root beer float like a 50s diner. It looks good. Amen. I want you to just look up there that blue sky today and tell the Lord thank you. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for being good to us. Amen. If you do have your Bibles, we're going to the book of John chapter 4. If you're joining us online today, we welcome you and thank you for being with us. If you are not a member of FPC, we want to welcome you to worship with us in person sometime. We would love to have you here with us. It is our hope and prayer over the next uh, several weeks that things are going to open up a little bit for us to be able to meet uh, normally. And uh, I can't complain about this today. This is kind of tempting to do for a little while. It feels so good out here. I feel like I'm preaching an old-fashioned camp meeting. How many of you would like to have a little camp meeting here on the ground today? Wouldn't that be good? Amen. Corona took all our camp meetings away, so we're going to fool Corona today and just have camp meeting at FPC. Praise God. Amen. All right. John chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Somebody say Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria. We're getting, more, uh, we're getting more intentional about where we are here now. We're not just in Samaria. We're in a city of Samaria that had a name, Sychar. But it wasn't just in the city of Sychar. It was near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. So it wasn't just a place. It wasn't just a city. It wasn't... Just a general idea. It was exact. He knew where he was going. He wasn't just going through Samaria. He was going to the well. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, he sat down on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. I want to make three simple points to you today. You can be seated, stand up, whatever you want for the rest of this service. It's completely up to you. We're outside, so you take your liberty. But the first point that I want to make to you today is simply this. Jesus knows where you are. He knows where you are. Now, the scripture tells us that he left Judea and was headed to Galilee. But that he was very intentional in that moment on his way to Galilee that he was going to stop by Samaria. And not just Samaria, but to Sychar. And not just to Sychar, but to the well that was in Sychar, to the well that was Jacob's well. It was a specific place. And the word of the Lord said that it was the sixth hour of the day, which means it was a specific place and a specific time. And that there was a woman that came to the well at a certain time, at a certain place. It was something that was not an accident. It was something that Jesus was very intentional about. It was not an accident that Jesus happened to be at a certain place, at a certain well, with a certain woman. But Jesus was mindful of that. He knew exactly what he was doing. Now some of you today are facing circumstances that you're wondering right now, does Jesus really know where I am? Does Jesus really know what's going on in my life? And I want to tell you, he not only knows the general vicinity of where you are, but he is a high priest that is touched by the feeling of your infirmity. And Jesus does not just know generally where you are today. Jesus knows exactly where you are today. And it's not just about a certain woman that came along that happened to be there. Jesus did not go to Samaria because some woman was going to be there. He went to Samaria because that woman was going to be there. So I'm telling you today, it's not just a Sunday. It is the Sunday. And you're not just a person. You are the person. And it's just not a dilemma. It is your dilemma. And he knows where you are today. If you're thankful, would you shout hallelujah? So Jesus came to a certain place for a certain woman at a certain time because there was a certain need. And so I think sometimes it's easy for us to remember that when we're going through things, I know sometimes in my life, I'll speak for me, it's that when you're going through whatever it is you're going through, it feels like you're the only one that's ever been there. I know that for me, sometimes my reality seems like it ought to be the biggest reality in the world and my mountain is the biggest mountain and my valley is the deepest valley and my river is the widest river but I feel like encouraging somebody today telling you that there will be times in your life Jesus said that you can say to the mountain be thou removed and it will be but Abraham is the living proof that there are times in your life that God 
God does not move the mountain and that the mountain will not be cast into the sea and there's some things that you're going to have to go through but can I tell you that on those journeys that seem so long and difficult there is an almighty God who's going to yoke himself up with you and walk with you every mile of the way he will not leave you nor forsake you he's not going to leave you by yourself I know that the mountain feels high right now I know that the valley feels wide but there is a God that's going to walk with you every step of the way I wish I could tell you, although I believe he's a mountain-moving God, I wish I could tell you that he's moved every mountain in my life. I do know that the children of Israel walked across dry ground on the Red Sea, but I also realized that Peter had to walk on the water. There are different seasons for different people and different times. Sometimes he's going to let you walk on water, and there's going to be a miracle. Sometimes he's going to part the Red Sea and let let you go across but sometimes you're going to come to that moment where you feel like all hope is gone and what Peter was just walking on the miracle that he was just walking on the Bible said that he began to sink I feel like telling you today you may feel like you're sinking but Peter was no less in the will of God when he began to sink than he was when he stepped out of the boat It's something you got to be mindful of. Sometimes the will of God looks like parting waters. Sometimes the will of God looks like walking on water. And sometimes the will of God looks like you learning lessons while you sink in the water. But know this, you will never sink into a water that there's not a hand that's reaching down to where you are because he knows where you are. If you believe it, shout yes. Now, he knew where she was. Somebody say, he knows where I am. This is the kind of preaching that when somebody's doing it, it's easy for you to look over at your neighbor and say, yeah, he knows where you are. But I haven't come to preach to your neighbor today. I've come to preach to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want somebody to shout it right now. Lord, you know where I am. Well, God knows where my neighbor is, Pastor. God knows where my family is. God knows. He really does. He, he knows where everybody else is. No, I'm telling you, he knows where you are today. He knows what mountain you're climbing today. Oh, Pastor, I don't know. I just I feel so lonely. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't understand it either. And if I could take it away, I would take it away. But I do know this. You may feel like you're alone, but you are not alone. He knows where you are now the second thing that I want to tell you today is that he knows who you are it said there came a woman of Samaria in verse 7 to draw water now we read later on in this chapter that the Lord said to this woman in verse 18 in a prophetic utterance, he said to her, he said, look, you've had five husbands and one you're with now is not your own. He knew who she was. Jesus did not just stop by there for some random person to stop by hoping that he would minister to somebody. He was intentional to know where she was because he knew who she was. Now, folks, listen to pastor today and let me just tell you, 
I know that when you look around this congregation, you can look through this parking lot today, and it, it appears that there are some folks that have it all together. Like they've got it all right, and everything is good in their world. And that's okay if that's what they want you to believe. But Jesus didn't come to the well for a woman that had it all together. Jesus didn't come to the well for somebody that was complete and whole and that did not need a physician. He came to the well for a woman that was imperfect. He came to the well for a woman that was struggling. She was trying to find her way in life. She had looked for love in all the wrong places. She had been with five men that supposedly were her husband and the one that she with was apparently somebody else's husband. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know where to turn to for love. She didn't have a clue what was going on in life. That right there is who he came looking for. I know, I know that there are some that would say, yeah, he's looking for that perfect one. He's looking for that Pharisee that understands the word inside and out. But hear this preacher, when I tell you today that those who look like it's all right today, it hasn't always been all right. There's some folks in this place today that have lived your life going through hell. You've been places that you don't want anybody to know you have ever been. Some of you were addicted to things that you don't ever want your children to know that you were addicted to. You did things in your life that you don't ever want anybody to know that you did. If you're here today and you feel hopeless and you feel helpless and you feel like your life is a train wreck and you're turned inside out and upside down, I've got good news. You're the one that he came for. You're the one that he's looking for. I appreciate Patty Pentecost. I appreciate that perfect little person that puts their hands together and has no scars in their life. I appreciate those people who look like they've got it all together and they're polished. But I'm preaching to some people today that know what it feels like to mess up, that know what it feels like to drop the ball. And I feel like telling you today, it is not the end of your journey. He knows exactly who you are. He knows your weaknesses. He knows you're down sitting and he knows you're uprising. I feel like telling you it's not over today. He knows where you are and he knows who you are. He knows where we are today, but he knows who we are. I've said for many years that I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. There's some things that you can pull over my eyes and I won't know. There's been things that God revealed to me in ministry. To be quite honest with you, if it wasn't for the sake of the, the good of the people, I wish God wouldn't have revealed it to me. Hey man, I've seen some things happen in people's lives that I wish I wouldn't have known about. But the amazing thing about His mercy and His touch is that when those people bowed their hearts in repentance and they were willing to turn in the direction of the cross, what I found out is that the failure they had, although it tried to define them, their failure was not their defining moment. What they had gone through and what they had done is not what ultimately decided their destiny. Now that is the lie that the enemy wants you to believe today. That you have failed God so much that there's no way for you to ever pull through. That you have done so many things that his mercy cannot reach you. But I have come on this Sunday and hear me when I tell you today. I have not come here today because I felt like preaching. I didn't come here today because I felt like having church. I came here today because somebody needed 
needed to hear this preacher stand up outside in this drive up to tell you you are not defined by what you're going through right now you are not defined by the last decision that you made you are not defined today by what man has said that you have done but we are defined by the power of his blood and the power of his mercy Calvary did not happen so that I could be defined by my failure Calvary happened so that I could repent of my sin and put my failure behind me so first of all he knew where she was second of all he knew who she was but last today I want to tell you he also knew just what she needed somebody say he knows where I am somebody say he knows who I am now somebody else shout it out right now and say but he knows exactly what I need listen I want to help somebody here today Jesus did not come to her to give her what she needed because she already had everything she needed I think sometimes in our humanity we really do get to the place where we we're somewhat controlled by pride because we're afraid to admit that we need something I can tell you that in seasons like this and I don't want this to sound insensitive at all please don't 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 mis- misunderstand what I'm saying but as humanity we have this interesting makeup in who we are that when we know people are going through a difficult time we'll say things like if you need anything let me know you understand what I'm saying if you need anything let me know well the truth is is that some of us, in the moment that someone says to us, if you need anything, let me know, we need something right then. But we're too ashamed to say, okay, let me tell you what I need. I'm broken, I'm hurting, I'm going through a struggle, and there's many reasons why it could be that way. Now, if you don't mind, let me just preach at you for a second, and then I'll finish preaching to you. I think one of the main reasons why people are made up like that is because at some point in their life, someone may have said to them, if you need anything, let me know. And so they said, I do need. And instead of them giving what was needed or trying, there was a judgmental moment against that person saying, well, you're that weak? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Sometimes we let people's idea of us define where we're at in life. I thank God for the story of a blind man that was the son of Timaeus in the scripture. Because when other people said, hey, you be quiet. He don't have time for you. There was a desperation in the voice of that blind man that he said, I may have woke up blind today and I may have been blind for many years before this, but there is somebody that's coming by today that I've heard people say, if you need anything, you can call on him. And he took him at his word. And that day in Jericho when Jesus passed by, that old blind man raised his voice and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, Lord. Will 
would you stop by my way and touch me today? Would you stop by and give me a touch? Jesus knew what that man needed. He was not there to judge his condition. He was there to heal his condition. If you can be honest enough with God today to say, Lord, you know where I am and you know who I am, but you know what I need. God will give you what you need. We sing a song from time to time here that says, if you've got pain, come on somebody, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, somebody shout it to me. If you need freedom or saving, what, me? I don't need save, pastor. I'm good. I got the Holy Ghost 25 years ago. I'm telling you today, there's some folks that have had the Holy Ghost for so long, they don't realize they need saving again. And the prison that you're in is not a prison that somebody else has put you in. It's a prison that you have built for yourself. One stone upon the other. One brick upon the other. And you've isolated yourself and pulled yourself in. But the song says if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. I feel like telling you today that you may be in the darkest prison of your life, but he knows where you are. You may be somebody that the world has looked on with disdain, but he knows who you are. You may be in the struggle of your life, but he knows what you need. I close today by telling you if I could give you a summation of this entire service in a matter of about three minutes, I could sum it up by saying to you, there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. If you're at a place in your life today that you could use a touch in your mind and your emotions and your body and your spirit, I'm going to ask you all over this churchyard today to just lift your hands to Jesus. Would you do that, Lord? Touch me. Come on. I know we're not inside today. I know we're not on the carpet. But he knows where you are. Are you hearing this preacher today? He knows where you are. He is not intimidated by the fact that you're standing outside worshiping. We're going to have a camp meeting right here. Come on. Without worrying about what anybody thinks about you. Without worrying about what anybody's going to say about you right now. I want you to throw those hands up. And throw your head back and look under the hills. From whence cometh your help today. And say, Lord, you know where I am. Lord, you know who I am. And you know exactly exactly what I need God you see FPC today you know where we are God there's people here today that are hurting there's people here today that are broken Lord you know where we are and God, you know who we are. You know how much we can take. You know how much we can bear. Father, you know the way that we take today. But God, I am so grateful that you're not just mindful of where I am and who I am. But you're mindful of what I need. And I'm asking you today that you would begin to minister to this church family. I ask you, God, from post to post. From parking spot to parking spot, from lawn chair to lawn chair, 
that you would begin to minister to needs right now. Come on, for some of you right now, tears are beginning to stream down your cheeks, and that's all right. Because he knows where you are, and he knows who you are, and he knows what you need. Would you just reach to him right now? Some of the sweetest touches I've ever had in my life have been in my car by myself going down the road. Would you just go to that place by yourself right now? There's a sweet presence here. <laughs> Come on, church family, let's cry out to him right now. need you Jesus if you're watching online today I would just encourage you to raise your hands to Jesus wherever you are if your heart is broken you're hurting today he knows where you are he knows who you are and he knows what you need come on go ahead child of God go ahead and admit it right now Lord I can't walk without you holding my hand come on Pastor, what if people think I'm weak? Then let them think what they want to. You just go ahead and tell him, Lord, I've tried it on my own and I failed. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Hallelujah. Uh, what a sweet, sweet name. What a sweet, sweet name. Oh, Jesus. I wonder just how desperate you are for a touch from God this morning. I know it's easy to fall on your knees in a beautiful carpeted sanctuary with air conditioning and padded seats. But I really do wonder if the woman with the issue of blood was concerned about the dust that she would get on her garment as she pressed towards Jesus to touch the hem of His garment. How many of us here today are so desperate for His touch that we'd be willing to say right now, Lord, I need You more than I need anything else. I need You, God, more than I need people to think that I'm civil. I need You, God, more than I need people to think I'm all right and have it together. church family I'm asking if you would to just reach your hands to the north over here to my right and to your left to extend towards brother Stan Townsend I'm asking you right now if you would to just pray that God would strengthen brethren would you just that are close there if brother Townsend's okay just lay your hand on his shoulder right now God we lift our precious brother before you right now only you know God but you do know today, Lord. God, you know where he is. You know who he is. And you know what he needs. God, let him feel the love of this church family. Let him feel the love of this church family and the strength of the kingdom. Come on, church. Hallelujah. 
Would you just extend your hands towards the south this morning to my left and your right and let's pray for Sister Bingham that God would touch my grandmother and strengthen her today. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus. Lord, touch Sister Bingham right now. Gird her up, Lord. Let her feel the prayers of this church family. I pray today, God, for my mother and Uncle Mike, that you would touch their hearts and heal them. We need you, God. Lord, you know where we are today. We need you today, Lord. Hallelujah. I want us today to stretch towards the old St. John's Hospital and pray Brother Brian Kiesling is there today. We need God to touch his body. Would you just stretch towards the north today? In the name of Jesus, we pray over Brother Brian that you would touch. In the name of the Lord, we need your healing touch. God, I pray for those that are affected by sickness of any kind in our church family right now. Lord, we call Sister Warren before you and ask that you would touch her today and strengthen her. God, all those that are affected right now, would you stretch towards Noblesville today and pray for Brother Joe Green. He's in the hospital in Noblesville. In the name of Jesus, to your west today, towards the red buildings, let's pray in the name of the Lord for Brother Joe Green right now. Touch our family, God. Touch our family, Lord, those that we're not even aware of today that have been sick. Those, God, that we're not even aware of where they are right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over them and ask for your touch. Hallelujah. I want to give you a word of encouragement today, church family. I want to tell you to be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Today our 24-hour prayer slots will open up. And I want to encourage you to keep on praying. Sign online at fpcanderson.com backslash prayer. Let's join together and pray. We need each other right now. We need prayer. There will be no service tonight at 6 o'clock. This will be our only service for today. We'll do our best to keep you posted as we go along here of what's going to happen. If you are not on our church uh, contact list, if you have not been getting calls from the church, uh, we, need to, we need to know that. Reach out to us, to myself or, or Sister TJ or Brother Jordan, somebody, so that we can get you on there and be sure uh, that you're receiving those calls. It's about the only way we can communicate with everybody because everyone doesn't have social media. The easiest thing is for us to just put a video out and get it, but there's about a half dozen people that don't have a way to get that. So please be watching vigilantly and stay connected with us. We love you so much, church family. May the Lord richly bless you. I wonder if you'd give the Lord a great big hand for all of our volunteers that have worked and put this together. Thank you, Brother Jordan, Brother Boaz. We appreciate all that you're doing. Amen. I don't know what we'd do without them. And thank the Lord. I wish today we could have heard some good, strong Bible teaching, Brother Stephen, but in a few days we will. We look forward to hearing the word from you again. How many of you enjoyed the Bible study on Wednesday night with Brother Stephen Gill? Wasn't that fun? It was good. Amen. We'll bring you some more content like that. 
So be watching for it. I love you, church. May the Lord richly bless you, and we'll see you soon. Stay the course.